Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Steve Schellenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Steve is the number one national best-selling author. He's successfully started 11 businesses in three separate industries. He is a highly sought-after keynote speaker and corporate trainer for organizations around the world, an executive coach, the father of six, and the founder of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Here is Mr. Steve Schallenberger. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you might be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and today our guest is a longtime friend and a person that I admire a great deal. Welcome, David Markham. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be with you. Oh, we're excited to have you with us. And Dave uh, just has so much experience in so many areas. I'd like to tell you a little about him. He's a world-renowned expert in uh, consultative selling. Uh, he's sought after by some of the largest and most successful organizations in the world to help them improve conscious competence, uh, even in the most seasoned uh, people. Uh, he understands the dynamics between buyers and sellers. Uh, his career began as an entrepreneur, <laughs> starting his own direct mail advertising company, and then he spent nine years at a newspaper where he worked his way through through the ranks and was promoted to sales manager, vice president of sales and market, marketing, ultimately uh, the COO, chief operating officer. Next, he moved on to Franklin Covey, where we had the chance to work together uh, some years ago, where he has spent uh, the last, well, 15 years. Uh, he's done so many different things. He has a great resource uh, for leaders around the world called Zag, and he may talk about that. He's co-authored two books on communication and leadership. They've just been a fabulous success. Uh, and uh, so we're just thrilled to have him. He and his wife are parents of uh, three lovely children. So, uh, David, so glad you can be with us. Well, it's an honor to have the invitation, Steve. Of course, I've known you for years and have admired the work you've done. And your talent and ability. So it's just good to be with you. And I'm happy to share whatever would be helpful or useful to your listeners. Oh, well, this is going to be great. Well, uh, let's just start off with sharing what our listeners, uh, maybe some of your background, uh, where were you raised and what was your life like growing up? Maybe some transformational experiences that you may have had that have really been formative for you. Okay. So I was born and raised in Boise, Idaho. Which is, hey, uh, go just, Idaho! Yeah, go Idaho. Um, which, for those that may be listening and aren't familiar with geography, it's just north of uh, Las Vegas by about, uh, I'd say, 14 hours in a car drive, about an hour and a half in flight. But uh, we were actually very poor growing up, and I was thinking about what I might share that would be helpful in terms of transformative experiences. When I was in eighth grade, I made the school basketball team and I, uh, they actually had a fifth quarter in basketball. Of course, in basketball, you have four quarters. Uh, and as soon as the game was over, they had one 
extra quarter for the kids that never got to play in the regular game. And that was a game I, or that was the quarter I played. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember at the end of the season going up to my basketball coach and saying, will you show me how to shoot correctly? Uh, He took maybe 10 seconds and showed me how to shoot correctly. That next summer, I worked and worked and worked by myself trying to perfect that form that he showed me. The next year at basketball tryouts, I made the ninth grade A team. uh, And that was a huge game changer for me because I realized that with hard work and a little bit of help, you could transform yourself. Then I made the sophomore A team, but then I didn't make the varsity team. And that was, that represented another transformative experience for me because a coach who saw something in me um, came and uh, it's crazy. I mean, here it is, what, uh, 45 years later, it still makes me emotional thinking about the contribution um, Dan Ariola made to me. He took me aside and worked with me and worked with me. And uh, I ultimately ended up starting on the varsity team. They pulled me up from the JV team after the second game, and I ended up starting. And it was because of his coaching, and he saw something in me and took me aside. When all the rest of the team was doing certain drills, he would pull me aside, and we'd work on uh, some specific drills that would be helpful to me. And it made such a difference in my life. And I realized that, well, A, with hard work and a vision of what you want to accomplish and with other coaches, guidance and help, you can actually get where you need to get. And I would say that basketball and the discipline and what I learned there has no question been one of the transformative experiences of my life. Well, thank you. Uh, What an inspirational example that is of all of the things that leaders do. This is one of the most noble and significant, and that is to see a potential in another person and to help draw that out and then have the joy of seeing it realized. And, uh, of course, the person has to do their part. But what an inspiration. Thanks, Dave, for, for sharing that. Unfortunately, Steve, I'm starting to lose you. I can only hear about every other word. Okay, well, let's keep going. I was just thanking you for that story. And if you, ah, okay. if, if you can hear me clearly now, uh, let's just talk about perhaps a, a big challenge that you've had in your life, whether personal or business, and how did you handle it? What, how did you overcome it? Uh, well, everyone has the challenges that they'll go through in life and some actually end up weighing heavier than others. Uh, I would say one of the biggest challenges I've faced was starting my own business and not the one that you referred to in terms of a direct mail advertising business, uh, but the one I'm currently in when, uh, when after we had written our first book, a business partner and I, we got spun off from Franklin Covey and became a licensee technically. Uh, and we started our own business and you know that was 12 years ago. And I would say the last 12 years have been the hardest because to start a business, 
um, requires an awful lot. But to make it successful requires even more. And we've pivoted and changed, and it's tapped every um, every strength I had. It's made me question myself, question the value of what we have in terms of content and relevance. And um, it's been financially challenging. Uh, just from every perspective, it's been much harder than I ever anticipated. It's taught me more than I ever expected, and it's been way harder than I imagined. So all the old axioms that you hear about business is true. It will cost twice as much and take twice as long. I know the reality of that fact. I know what it's like to claw myself out of a half a million dollars of debt and um, it's required everything uh, to just stay the course on that. Well, thank you um, for being so open about that. But that is where <clears throat> literally some of the greatest business people come from is having experiences like that. It is simply not easy, as you said. It's, I mean, it's a no-bluff business. It's all out there for everyone to see. And, uh, wow, what lessons. Uh, I, I might add that <clears throat> in some of the research that I've done, uh, David, uh, successful, very successful leaders have experienced seven major successes in their life, but four major failures. And we all have setbacks. And so it's the overcoming these that really sets us apart from others as we come out the other end. So, well, um, my hat off to you for the things that you're doing. I know in the process of this, this battle uh, that you've also touched uh, thousands and thousands of lives. So that makes your experience all the more valuable. Now, um, let's just talk about leadership for a moment. Do you mind telling us about ZAG and what that is, what you do, what the purpose is? Sure. So uh, Zach is our latest pivot. Um, we've been in and out of a couple of different businesses because when you start, you have this vision and it never ends up being exactly what you think it's going to be. And it's not as easy. I'd say Zach is the result. In fact, the word itself means change. And that's what I've had to learn to do is to change and to be flexible to what the market tells you that it wants. So Zach is the result of months of doing deep research, which was spawned by Clayton Christensen's work at Harvard on innovation. Our purpose is to give any team leader an easy way to inspire and grow the talent of each person on their team. And according to our research, this is a responsibility that every team leader feels but without intending to, they make a few mistakes. So first of all, what they try to do to inspire their teams is they turn to the Internet or to other sources that they have, maybe content that they had been through as a team member. But the sources aren't very deep, so they turn to the Internet and they look for TED Talks and uh, things like that. And unfortunately, it ends up being mostly entertainment rather than um, really something that inspires or grows or challenges the team in a meaningful way. And so what, what Zach provides is 
learning based on the science of change. One of the mistakes that team leaders make is they assume that knowledge equals change. And so knowledge, especially in today, uh, with the superhighway and access to so much information, we assume that learning equals change, and it doesn't. You and I have been around the world, and we've taught thousands of people in workshops, and at the end of the day, very few people change. But that's the key to learning. What good is learning if you don't change? And so we provide a, a resource and tools and videos that are designed to help team leaders inspire their people to change in meetings they're already having. So there's no going away to training, but this is procured content from experts in the field of team culture and uh, a way to improve how people on a team interact and it increases creative output. It's the only path, according to research, that will allow you to take a team from wherever you are to the next level up and ultimately to the best performing teams. And it all centers around culture or the interactions that your team members have. And so it's based on the science of change in terms of Charles Duhigg's work on the habit loop and the power of the habits that we have and we get them as teams. And it's also based on work uh, from Sandy Pentland at MIT and how team interactions make such a difference in that creative output. So in short, what Zach is, is it's a series of short video clips, eight minutes or less, that a team leader can play in their team meeting that they have on a weekly basis or whatever frequency they meet. And then it's provocative discussions about what are we going to do about this concept and how will we change our team routine all uh, within the context of a team meeting that happens. And this is designed to only take 15 minutes and drive change in team culture. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, a, a great body of the research that I've done and our group has done with Becoming Your Best uh, has been what sets apart the outstanding leaders and high achievers from all the rest. And so, as you're probably aware, I've interviewed over 150 CEOs and studied the lives of hundreds of individuals. And it, it ultimately boiled down to 12 principles that I saw time and time and time again. And uh, one of those is applying the power of knowledge. In other words, it's not just having the knowledge, it's doing something about it. And so uh, we just totally agree with you from your, what you've observed, David, which is uh, leaders, especially the highly successful leaders, uh, are hungry to gain the information so that just like you playing basketball, how do, I, how do I shoot? Then they can go to work and practicing. And what a great resource this is is uh, they can gain added knowledge so that they can apply it and then build it into their culture to lift the standard. So, right. so that's great. What a wonderful re resource. And I've subscribed to Zag. And, and uh, so here's a, just a few examples I noted uh, that they've had, and then I'd like to have David respond to these a little bit. Leading with respect. Unhooking from praise and criticism. The upside of stress. Sell more by giving more. And how introverts can shine at work. Listen up, speak up. 
And here's uh, just one last one, how to negotiate. So these are tremendous skills that are needed to be successful in today's very turbulent business environment. So, uh, David, from your experience, what do you feel are some of the top things leaders can do to be successful? Well, uh, Steve, one of the things that I've admired about your work is that it's so based in actual experience. And so uh, you own your own companies and, and you have talked with these CEOs and I'm familiar with your work. I'm becoming your best. And all of the principles that you have in there clearly are resonant with lots of people. And as I look through them, I think, oh, no surprise here. You know, be true to your character and, you know, manage with the plan, prioritize your time. Uh, and and on and on through um, through the rest, including uh, one that you just referred to, and that is applying the power of knowledge. Everyone starts out with a plan, and when you step into that seat of being a leader, you want to inspire your team, but then you get hammered with the press of business and the busyness. And you know, so one of your principles is prioritize your time because if you don't get good at that. You just get consumed by the day-to-day crush of stuff that has to be done. And it's easy to lose sight of your vision and you don't manage your plan. And I was thinking about, well, what, what would be most helpful to the people listening? And if there were a couple of thoughts that I could give, um, one is make sure that you're leading based on, your unique contribution that you can make. Be clear about that and stay focused to that. So Steve, you and I know that as uh, a mission statement, but it's a little bit more than a mission statement. It is, what is the unique contribution you can make that no one else can make? Um, We have a phrase in a document that we love um, that is very deeply meaningful and it's been a guide to our country for hundreds of years. And it is, it goes something like this. Um, We believe that all people were created equal. Well, how are we equal? Any of us? Well, what we are equal in is our uniqueness. And so find out what that uniqueness is. What do people get from you that they don't get from anyone else? And how does that fit into your purpose? And how do you lead from that perspective? I would say the second thing, um, and obviously these are just high level and it it would require much more discussion, but the second would be to build pure confidence. And this has been the essence of my life's work in the last 10 or 15 years. That if you think about confidence, we've all been in situations where we have the technical competence to do something, to perform well. Right. The ability. And we show up in these situations and we choke. We don't do as well as we know we could have or as well as we prepared because something got in our way. It wasn't the competence that short-circuited. It was our confidence that short-circuited. And either we search with too much confidence because of the context of the situation or we um, searched to the left and, and we lost confidence maybe because of who was in the room. And so 
learn to build peer confidence, which is irrespective of context that has to do with drawing up the best and the brightest of your talent. And um, the third and maybe the most important thing, and this, this will be very old and maybe familiar guidance, but it's so true. In fact, I travel around the world and I give these keynotes to salespeople and the idea is lose yourself. It's not about you. It is about understanding your unique contribution, but then go make a contribution and lose yourself. The only way you can make a contribution is through relevance, and that requires that you lose yourself and understand the needs of other people. And the paradox is, if you lose yourself, you end up making a better contribution by being more relevant. And I would say you end up finding yourself. That if you can focus more on helping people get what they want, what they need, then what you want to need comes to you um, by natural consequence. And so those are, I think, three things that leaders can do that would make a huge difference in the success of the people around them and in the success of their own career. Now, that's great advice, great advice for any leader. And, you know, really, every single one of our listeners is a leader. I mean, they're leading their own lives, and it might be uh, a coach or a stay-at-home parent or a school teacher or CEO or production manager, a technician, a mechanic. And so the advice that you're giving is helpful for any leader, and that is to know what you're about, to have a clear vision in your life. And I love that second one in confidence. I'd like to just ask one more question on it, and then, of course, losing yourself. Uh, great. Uh, that's something I'm going to work on as well to really reexamine what I'm doing. How do you build confidence? Uh, well, so we wrote a book called Economics, and uh, it's uh, years and years ago, and, and uh, our latest book on confidence isn't just out yet. But one of the ways that you do that is you separate your identity from your performance, your ideas. We're having a conversation just uh, a couple of days ago, and someone was saying, don't let your failures define you. Don't let that become your identity, even if it was a massive failure. In fact, according to your research, you know, most successful leaders have had four major significant you know, setbacks or, or difficulties. So you don't become defined by that. And I made the comment in the discussion, yes, that's so important, but also don't become defined by your successes. Hmm. We yeah. see lots of people who are successful and they wrap their self-concept or their, their self-image around their success and then the success goes away, and then what happens to your self-image? So pure confidence, a purely confident person could hear anything from anyone about anything, and it wouldn't ruffle them because they want the truth. So if they have an idea, their identity isn't wrapped around the value of the idea. And if the idea is wrong, they want to know sooner rather than later and a purely confident person, you could give them some personal feedback. And it wouldn't be upsetting to them because it's not personal. 
So the way we create pure confidence is we realize how false many of the societal conditioning is around us, whether it's someone who's giving you a compliment, which may or may not be true, uh, but to develop deep internal sources of pure confidence and to realize that there are four early warning signs that tell you your confidence is starting to drift and you're losing the, the power of being centered or on what we call pure confidence. So when I start to showcase or show off or prove to people how smart I am, there's nothing wrong with being smart, but trying to prove it is a different thing. Ah, ah. Or <laughs> Or to be comparative, we make lots of good comparisons every day. But when I start to compare myself to others, I lose perspective because it's, it's never accurate. And I either create this artificial inferiority or superiority with others uh, to seek acceptance. The real thing, it's a great thing, but it changes when it becomes your dominant motivation for why you say or don't say really needs to be said. Um, and then the last one is being defensive. There's nothing wrong with defending ideas, but to be defensive, it changes things because now it's personal. And what I find is that all of the subtle reactions that we have are a result of insecurity somewhere down deep. And so this little voice in our head says, Oh, what are they thinking? Oh, was that the right thing to say? Oh, am I impressing people? And so to build pure confidence is to tune out all of the false messages that come both externally and internally and to own your insecurities and to replace them with healthy mindsets that actually most people aren't any better or worse than I am. It's about my unique contribution and my value and my worth. And I don't know if that answers your question, but those are just some thoughts on it. Yeah, I think that was very helpful. I'm glad we took a little extra time on that. That's uh, important for each of us to work on so we don't get engaged with where others are coming from, but we get engaged about doing what's right, doing what's best. And well, I'm always amazed, Dave, by how fast time goes. And <laughs> we're done. I mean, we're almost done here. And uh, let me just ask one last question. If you were sitting down with your children or grandchildren and had the opportunity to give them some, some advice that would be big time for them, what would it be? That's an easy one for me. It's, it's all about impulse control. Learn impulse control and uh, learn to not indulge yourself. Uh, what I see in our society and in human beings in general is this desire to indulge. In fact, most of the pain, the problems, the difficulties that we see in leaders, whether they're politicians or business leaders or great athletes, is um, demise usually comes from indulging. And when it comes to ego, we all can recognize problems in other people, but we don't recognize it in ourselves. Um, and some of the people that are in prison for thinking they're above the law, we almost can't relate with, but they all show up in the headlines. But I'll tell you, when you drift just a little bit to the right in your confidence, Steve, and your, your 
confident or overconfident, you do think you're above some things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we start to indulge. I'll give you a quick example. Um, To give someone a jab is a way to indulge ourselves verbally. Uh, And we make it personal. And so um, I had had an experience with a, a son who was somewhat um, alienated from me at, at one point in his life. Luckily, we've repaired the relationship now. But he wrote this email to me, and it just made me mad, frankly. And I wanted to uh, zing him back and let him know that I didn't appreciate that. Well, that would be indulgent of myself uh, to respond emotionally to that little barb. And I could have... Uh, I could have justified it and said, no, I was, I was just saying, well, if you didn't like that, then I won't include you in future emails. Yeah. And forget the inheritance. (laughs) Yeah. But the reality of it is I, I wanted to get back at him a little bit. And, um, my, my children have all come to me at different times being hurt by something that, you know, was going on in their life and by somebody or someone else. It almost always comes down to someone indulging. Mm. Uh, I think I deserve this. And to learn to overcome those um, temptations that we have and to be true to your character, which is one of the things that you write about, but be true to yourself and to be a person of character and integrity when people are watching and especially when people are not watching. That is the essence of living, I think, a good life. Well, great. Well, this has been wonderful. And uh, Dave Markham, how can our listeners learn more about what you're doing? Well, um, go to zaglearning.com if do you, you're interested how do you spell in the it? tools. You spell it Z-A-G? Z-A-G learning.com. Um, and there you can... Uh, get access to some of the, well, to the tools that we provide leaders. Uh, Obviously, you can read. Find a good mentor uh, that can help give you feedback about your ego and whether it's in check or out of check. And and, uh, because usually it's ego that erodes our confidence. It's not our friend or ally. What we all want is confidence. So do some reading in that area. Of course, we have a book out there uh, called Economics. Uh, Stay tuned for one that's coming out on confidence, which is the positive side of that. Um, And, of course, stay connected to you, Steve, to your good content and the contribution that you're making in the world. Wish you the best. Well, thank you. Well, we thank David Markham for being part of this show today. Uh, Dave, the thoughts you've shared can help really anyone, anywhere. And we wish you all the best as you're making a difference uh, in this world. And to all of our listeners, never forget, you too can make a difference every single day of your life. I'm Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best, wishing you a great day. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast 
right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating and review is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.